The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is iHeartRadio's PrattCast with Stephanie Pratt and Wells Adams. All right, let's do some PrattCasting right now. <clears throat> Episode Great. five, starting right now. Wells Adams hanging out with Stephanie Pratt. This is the weirdest thing in the world because uh, I haven't seen you in I don't even know how long. Years? Like five weeks? Seven years? Yeah, something like that. I forgot what you looked like. I forgot what you sounded like. Right? But you're back in Los Angeles. You got back from London when? I got back last Monday. So I'm in LA for a while. We're doing lots of press stuff because The Hills is finally coming back. The Hills are alive. With the sound of music. Drama. The oh. sound of Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, wow. Um, I know. I really hope that that's the song that they use for Hills New Beginnings. They don't tell you that kind of stuff? No. I don't know if they've decided. Yeah, that makes everything's sense. been so up in the air. My schedule changes every hour. Yeah, that's Hollywood for you. But so you're back and you're doing what? You're doing a bunch of press. Yes. Yeah, so last week we did all of these social media videos okay. that were so fun. Okay. Um. So it was the whole cast, and it was two days, and this will go on MTV.com, YouTube, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gonna come out the beginning of April. Right before the hill starts. Okay. And that's when the hill starts, by the way. I'm going to give you guys a date, hopefully wow. next week. Yeah. Okay. So now we're on the official countdown to the hill's return. So tentatively the beginning of April. Is this an April Fool's joke on me? <laughs> is that what this is? No. Yeah. It's not. This, this is actually real. I'll get you, though. Do you get to see any of the episodes before the air? No, but at this press day, I guess they've been putting together like a promo of the series. Yeah. And these two girls, I was walking from stage to stage and they're like, we saw a promo. Whoa. Really? And I was like, whoa, good? And they're like, you're gnarly. Oh. And I was like, so whoa, bad. Yeah. And they were like, no, like, it's great. But like, they really put some clips in where it's like, whoa. And I was, so I have no idea. You, I'm so scared that I'm going to be hated. Yeah. But, so are ugh. you nervous though? Like, what is your mental 
state, state. going into this. <laughs> therapist on yeah on the clock. A speed dial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After this, I'm going to therapy. Um, it's really scary. And as much as I want to say, like editing has a huge factor in it. Yeah. I mean, this time around, I think because the hills got so much flack for being fake. Yeah. That it's so real. I don't really think the editors are like messing with anything. I think it's just going to be true to itself, which what, is really scary. What do you th- like? Do you have a like a like a moment in time of an event that happened while filming this most recent season where you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. Now that's not the rest of it. No, what, I don't know. I what, doing, I do? what did what they did say do? after? You know what you did. And then Heidi goes, what I do? What? Oh. What I do? I was doing Tyra Banks. Oh my God, I love Tyra. I've won on the Tyra Banks show. Really? It was actually really sad. I was for an eating disorder. Oh, I'm sorry. That I got from filming The Hills. Actually. Oh gosh. Uh, next week we need to address that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've got some stuff to say about that. Um, so yeah, this this time around, it's very real. The hardest. I mean, no one else has their family on it. I'm the only one that has yeah my brother and sister in law on it, and it's really rocky. Um, there have been times where I kind of am like, what am I doing? Like, is it all worth it? Is this gonna help the relationship or make it worse? But my brother and I are like doing amazing. It's so weird. The original Hills broke us and the Hills New Beginning has fixed us. Like I love this new series so much. Like love it. It literally fixed my family. Yeah. If we weren't filming, I'd be in London and these nine years of not talking, spending time together would just turn into 10, 11, 12, 13. Like it would, it would have never just, I'm just really grateful for the show. Yeah. Well, I can tell you're getting emotional about this, which I guess is good that like, I don't know, man. I can only see it through the prism that like I experienced reality TV, you know? And I remember I didn't want my parents to be involved in it. Like I didn't want, I, they asked me about hometowns and I was like, I don't, I can't have my family involved in this. So I can't even imagine what's like What were your reasons? My family's crazy. (laughs) Not crazier than the Pratts. No family's crazier than the Pratts. (laughs) Different crazy. Yeah, different crazy. But, um, well, I'm really glad to hear that, like, I don't know, the thing that broke you is the thing that's that's fixing you guys. Yeah. Is it going to be weird to have to relive it? Like, you said you had uh, PTSD from the show just doing it. Then that becomes the whole other thing of having to relive it again on TV. Like, are you going to be able to watch it? I honestly, I don't know. Yesterday I was doing interviews because um, we don't have a narrator for The Hills New Beginnings. Yeah. We're doing interviews like the Bravo shows and how most formats are now. And I had to kind of relive some parts and I was just like bawling, crying. Yeah. Like, it was so hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really, you know, I really missed my brother. Yeah. And now you guys are back. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a hard road. I mean, it doesn't really happen until the end of the series. But um yeah, it was really sucky. Well, I'm glad that I'm um, I'm glad the show worked, I guess. Right? I mean, it's I'm, so weird. I yeah. Would you say it's real real? 
gets Absolutely really real. real. Well, she's crying right now. It's got to be real. You know, this looks very, very authentic. At least through, <laughs> through my eyes right now. Uh, you, I think Spencer and I overshare and we're so honest and we can't really hide from who we are. And some of the other cast members are really good at hiding yeah. their dark stuff. And they put on, you know, a great facade and they're protecting their image. But Spencer and I can't do that. Like, it's just not in us. So for us, it's very real. I don't know how the other cast members found it, but I know it was definitely the hardest for us. Well, I will say this from doing, you know, however many seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and stuff. The one thing that I always found interesting were the, were the people that were fake, for lack of a better term, were really concerned about how they would look, uh, watch everything that they would, they would say. Um, they always come across on TV super inauthentic because they're trying to be something that they're really not. Um, so I'm excited to see, I don't know, the juxtaposition between you and your brother who are just like nothing but so real compared to a bunch of other people that are just like really worried about like maybe how they come across. But you know what? That's what I'm worrying about right now. Yeah. Is I wish I could have, you know, been not fake, but cooler on it. <laughs> not like, like held it together. Yeah. And, you know, didn't show all the nitty gritty parts of my life that aren't pretty because I... I'm really worried that I'm going to be hated. Really? Yeah, because I'm not, you know, the happy, fake, let's go shopping, I have no drama in my life cast member. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if America likes that fake, you know, I think they sheen. do, because I watched The Bachelor last night. Yeah. And I haven't seen the other, I haven't seen the other episodes, but the girls on it, first of all, they all look like they're in a sorority sleepover slumber party. They're so young. Yeah. Um, but they're all so fake. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and he's he falls for it. Like, I don't know if this is like dumb guy stuff, but the fake girls always win, in my experience. For a minute. I don't yeah. it's the the nice guy finishes last. Like, I don't really even believe that. I think well, the, the villains and the fake people always win. Well, maybe so. But the nice guy will, if that's true, what you're saying about these this new crop of girls and who he's got left in his kind of final five or whatever, uh, the nice guy will finish last because it will be Colton finishing last because he will have found someone that's not mm-hmm. real. But you don't know that. I don't know that. I have no, no idea what's going on. But I do really love this season. It's really fun to watch. I mean, Cassie and Kaylin, they're so young. They're yeah. obviously there to be the next Bachelorette, which is fine. But, I mean, if this guy proposes to them... It's not going to go anywhere, and that's that sucks for him. Yeah, I know. I feel I I hope that that's I hope we're wrong about that. Uh, real quick, let's circle back around to like the original Hills. Okay. Because uh, like Sarah and I have been watching it back, and oh, no. oh I was with Audrina yesterday, and yeah. she was like, "I saw Sarah. I was talking to her about your podcast." Yeah, yeah. We met at uh, the alter ego thing in L- in Stable Center, right? Where it was Forum. Form, yeah, yeah. Anyways, she's so nice. Yeah. She was like, like, when am I coming on your podcast? Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh, episode one <laughs> after the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so we were watching it back, and there's this one character in the hills, Kelly Catrone, who is terrifying, by yeah. the way. The scariest person yeah. in the history of television. Right? She actually, I think, had a spinoff called Kel on Earth. 
Yes. yes. Or Kel on fire. What was it? I think it was Kel on earth. We yeah. had to ask her. We're, okay. we're going to call her. So Ugh. she's our guest today. No. And I, I know you've like already broken down. Um, you've like, you've, you've been so vulnerable and now I feel terrible booking the one person that I feel like. Like the worst. Can like really, really like affect you. Like I've never forgiven her. Not like she's apologized, but yeah. I will always remember the things that she said to me. And so for people that don't know, yeah. Kelly Catrone had a fashion PR company called People's Revolution mm-hmm. and Whitney and Lauren were interns at Vogue and then got internships working for Kelly at People's Revolution. I was in school at FITM with Lauren, and so I went to People's Revolution to ask for an internship. Yep. And in my interview, I'm so scared. Like, this was the first interview I've ever had. Um, I, my hands were sweaty. My heart was beating so fast. And I'm also, you know, there's cameras right there. It's so scary. And... She starts asking me, like, these questions about what do you want to do, la, la, la. And I was like, I really want to be a handbag designer. And she was like, then why are you working in PR? To steal all my contacts? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, everyone Hi. starts off with an intern. Oh. <laughs> There's Just Kelly. Boom. Right into it. That's how we do it, yo. All right. So we have Kelly Catron on the phone right now. We were just talking about um, about kind of the beginning of of your ride on the hills do you what what do you remember most from those early days in the show? <laughs> in regards to, in regards to Stephanie or just the hills in general? I think first just in the hills in general, and then let's dive into to you and Steph's uh, relationship. Okay. Well, the first thing I remember is I got a phone call from Lisa Love at Vogue magazine, who is the West Coast editor saying, um, hey, we've been doing this show called The Hills, and we're going to be leaving, and we think, you would be, um, I think that she called to give me a heads up that Adam DeVilla or somebody was going to call me. But basically, it just was, you know, we're considering having you replace Teen Vogue on the hills. And I was like, what's the hills? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you know, it's this show and it's kind of like evolved from Laguna Beach. I was like, what is that? Like, I had no idea at all because I like didn't watch television at all. And then when I looked at it, you know, I just kind of thought, you know, why would Anna Winter, who's like a black-haired Scorpio, I'm a black-haired Scorpio, why would she put, you know, her baby, Teen Vogue? You know, it was at a time when a lot of the Vogue publications, like Men's Vogue and stuff, were closing. And, like, why would she do this? Like, why why, why would she put, like, Teen Vogue on a television show? Because it was, like, right before the castle kind of came down the hill. Do you know what I mean? As far as the fashion world entering into really entering into the reality tv space like the real fashion world not like the fake fashion world and i was like there must be something to it so at the beginning i was like sure i'll do it i mean i did it for free at the beginning i thought it would be a great thing for my clients you know um so that that's what i remember at the beginning and then i just you know i mean then i just did the show but like you know there was the shooting of the show and then what people saw which were two different things so it didn't really have that much of an impact on my work life because nobody was actually ever working there. Can I ask a question? Um, are you as mean in real life as you are in the show? Because I, I wasn't ever on the show, but I watched it, and you terrify me. Well, I'm a really good actress. <laughs> but, I mean, the truth of the matter is is that that was a television show. <laughs> like, I mean, Stephanie will tell you that 
like a lot of the days, like we'd be sitting at a desk, like Lauren and I, and Lauren would get like eight pairs of Christian Labaton shoes sent to her. And she'd be like trying them on, going like, do you like these? I really like them. I don't know. Do you like them? And then somebody would come up and they'd be like, Kelly, today's going to be a very serious day because you're going to be interviewing Stephanie Pratt for a job. And she's probably not going to make it. But Lauren really needs to learn how to delegate. Like, so that that was basically how it was. Like, we'd just be sitting down. And Wait, then... I'm sorry. The producer said she's probably not going to make it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm probably not going to get the job? Correct. So they... Like, are you just finding this out, Steph? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a, like, special place for you <laughs> in my head that is a very dark dark space. Okay. Well, re- okay. Recap for us what okay, happened. Okay, so I had an interview to get an internship. But you, but you know the interview wasn't real. It was a fake interview. Like, you know, Lauren didn't work there. Whitney never worked there. And you also never worked there. Even you worked for MTV because they were paying you and you came for an interview that was a fake interview. But we were working there because we spent hours in there filming. Like filming a TV show. Yeah. Okay, well, for me, it was very real. And when you interviewed me, mm-hmm. it was you basically interview. told me to give up on my dreams. And I did. Okay. And then I moved to London, and then I tried again. And okay. I succeeded, and I have a clothing line. Okay, but in that great. interview, uh-huh. you told me that I would never be anything. And I'll never forget I, that. I, I don't think that's what happened in the interview. As a matter of fact, it was a fake interview because none of you, and I'm really happy to, like, throw my payroll from people's revolution over the last 25 years. None of you, from Whitney to Lauren, to you have ever been on my payroll, which would mean you were never an employee of people's revolution. Yeah, internships don't get paid, Kelly. Well, they do get paid, or you have to be there for college credit. That's actually California labor law. So it was a television show. So were they, they telling Kelly one thing, but sort of leading you guys in a different direction, listen, Stephanie? This, I can't tell if Kelly's just doing damage control because she was such a bitch on it. But did they want her to be that? I. It sounds like they did, but at the same time, you don't tell a 22-year-old that... But actually, you should go to the clip because that's not what happened. I said... I've seen it many times. Said, no, that's not what happened, Okay. Let's just be really clear. I haven't seen it lately, but what happened was they were like, Stephanie Pratt's going to come in and you're going to interview her for a job. And you're going to tell Lauren that you don't really want to hire her, but if she wants to hire her, she can. And then Lauren's going to ultimately have to fire her. And in the meantime, here's her resume. And on your resume, it said career goals or something that you wanted to be a handbag designer. And in this, I said, in the interview, I said to you, why would you come to interview for a job at a PR company saying that you want to be a handbag designer? And then you said, said, and then you said, why? So you can steal all my contacts from me and then use them? I'm 22. I I was writing a lifetime goal. Okay. First of all, I hate to be like Buzzkill Betty. Nobody who was ever on the hills was ever an employee of People's Revolution. I, Kelly Catrone, was an employee of Viacom via MTV. Okay? That was a TV show. 
Lauren Conrad was never my intern. Whitney was never my intern. And when we stopped shooting, no one ever worked there. So it was a television show. If you're just figuring that out now, I don't know what to tell you, but you were never an employee of mine ever. That's one. Two, I said that if you ever go to interview at a PR company, no self-respecting PR company owner would ever hire somebody whose goal it was to be a handbag designer because all they would be doing is using the press contacts and the stylist contacts to grow their own brand afterward. And in a non-scripted reality show, I had to say something with you at my desk. It also said that you spoke fluent French, so I spoke to you in French, and you didn't speak French back. It was like a TV segment. So if you really, I mean, you know, at the end of The Hills, at the wrap, you were, like, super nice to my daughter. Like, she really liked, like, I didn't had no idea that you actually thought that any of that was real. So, I mean, Whitney... Whitney knows it wasn't real. Roxy knows. I mean, all of those girls that were in the office, like, they knew, like, if you really thought that that was really happening, it was not happening. But I, I, I think, though, like, it was real and it wasn't real, right? Like, uh, this kind of weird, blurred reality of of TV show, but, like, the emotions are real, right? Like, do It you- depends on, like, who you ask. I mean, there was one time on the show that it, like, blurred for me ever, and that's when we did, like, Whitney's fashion show during New York Fashion Week. And it was like she really did have a brand, but I was not her publicist. But I did set that moment up. And then it was like, oh, my God, we're at Whitney's show. But then it was also the TV show. But for the most part, from what I know, like, working with Lauren and working with Whitney, like, that's – I only shot maybe two or three days ever with Stephanie. Like, she never worked at my office for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. I mean, it was like a two- or three-day shoot. So I don't understand. Whitney and Lauren both have clothing lines. Why didn't you say to them, oh, you're going to steal all my contacts? Who works in fashion no, no, PR no, no, and no, wants no, to design no, no, a line? No, no. At the beginning, Whitney did not have a clothing line on the Hill. She got one on the city. And, that and was you were fine thing. with that? No, because we were still, I never represented her. She never worked there. And she knew she never worked there. Like, after the show, like, with Whitney, like, we, like, stayed friends. Like, she never worked there. So when we were on the hills, Whitney did not have a clothing line, to be clear. And Lauren, I think, didn't even have her deal at Kohl's yet. But Lauren also never worked at my office. And so it wasn't my job, like, in the moment to interview them. Like, I had other things with them, like, don't fuck this shoot up. I can't believe you're doing this, like a denim shoot. But it wasn't real. Like, I get it. It's confusing because I understand both perspectives. But then... Like, as a viewer, like, when Lauren and Heidi had their drama, that was real. So it becomes this blurred reality where we, like, don't know if things were set up or if Steph really didn't work there. But I'm also feeling from her that she was taking your advice or feedback to heart. Somebody should have told me that because I had no idea. I mean, by then, especially by then, I mean, that was, like, well on its way. I mean, I did personally encounter some things where... I realized I was getting set up by the producers, like specifically, you know, at one point I remember that there was a a Christmas party and Whitney had been dating this guy, Jay, and, you know, we were hearing like, you know, kind of kooky things about him and, you know, I didn't really like him and the producers were like, you know, you should go and, you know, confront Kelly Pichone. I think it was at like Scott Lips birthday party or like some Christmas party for like one model management or something. And I walked in and I realized like, oh, okay, like they're going to have like, 
Jay kind of come toward me and try to get this on camera. And I just like looked at Colin and I was like, I'll just go like the producer. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was very different for me. I would shoot like three episodes in a day. So, and I, it, it wasn't like I was living and running that show. Like I wore all black every day. Everything happened at an event that I was doing or at my office. So I wasn't running around like day in and day out like the rest of the cast. You know what I mean? If you look at the show, you know, I was definitely in a supporting role, you know. So, I mean, for me, I'm way older than everybody else on the cast. Like, I'm a mom and a businesswoman. And it was very clear to me that I was on a TV show, that none of these people worked for me, that I was being told, you know, hey, you need to make this really difficult for Stephanie today. Like, she's just had it too easy. And Lauren really needs to learn not to bring her friends into the workplace. And that's what has to happen. And so for me, it was like, I remember it like yesterday. We walked upstairs into a locked office, and I sat across her from her at a desk. And for me, I literally was shooting a television show. Like, none of that was real. Not one thing I said, not anything. It just was not real. But why would and you want to come about- across like that? Because viewers that watching my goal that on the show, like, why does Angelica Houston come off like, what? you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the role. They did not have me on that show because I was blonde and 20 and from Laguna Beach. They had me on that show to play like the villain matriarch who's like never happy, who represents the fashion world. That was my role on that show. Well, I had only, like, I'd only on filmed a few episodes. The exact same role. What? I had only filmed a few episodes at that point. I was very new on the show. Uh, Spencer and I want, weren't getting I've never along. I watched The Hills ever in I my understand, life. but for or me, having someone that I looked up to, like who what was like the hit, Kelly Catrone, People's Revolution, like it was after Teen Vogue, like you were huge. That, but that interview. You've been on that show for at least two or three years. By that time, you weren't like new on that show because I was late to the party. Like, teen no, I didn't join there. until season three, Kelly. Uh, okay, I don't even know, but trust me when I tell you, like, you know, that was never nobody had ever said to me, Hey, she's coming in here, you know, she really wants to get a job. Like, none of that was ever shared with me. It was like Adam DeVillo and Spike, and they were just like, Here's what's gonna happen today, you're gonna need to interview. You know, Stephanie Pratt, and it's not going to do not make it easy on her. Okay. And Lauren is going to have to learn how to delegate. And ultimately, she's going to need to learn that you do not bring your friends into the workplace. So, what you're going to need to do is we don't want you to make it easy for her and then let Lauren decide. So, that's exactly what I did. Okay. So, now, like, hindsight is 2020. The, your perception was that everyone knew that this whole thing was being orchestrated by the producers and none of it was real. The cast, I'm, I'm not saying the public, but I think that the cast knew. I mean, Lauren definitely knew. Lauren definitely knew because she could have, I mean, she I should have, could have been a producer. Same with Roxy. Like, Roxy We're not Lauren, talking about like, the city. Right, but I'm just telling you, those are the people I worked with. Lauren, Whitney, and Roxy. I had no other scenes with anybody else. I don't, I mean, I liked Kristen and Audrina, but I don't think I ever even shot with them. No. But, ever. N- but now knowing that um, Steph thought it was totally real and authentic, would you have changed your tone in that original interview? Yeah, but listen, I have a long history of mentorship with young women, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I can go on and tell you where all my old assistants, one of them's the creative director of 
uh, the global communications director for IMG. Another one's the global communications director for Chanel. I've, like, mentored and helped a gazillion people, and I don't really feel like on this call, like, I need to, like, defend myself as a mentor to young women. No, not but at I've all. I've been in business since 1995. I wrote two New York Times bestselling books for young women. And if I, if she ever came to me, like, wholeheartedly as a human being and not a cast member on a television show and said, this is what I want to do, I would look at it with her. And also, for the record, when Whitney started her line, I told Whitney not to do that line. I said, it's way too expensive. Like, your fans are really young girls. Like, you should do a licensing deal like Lauren's doing with Kohl's. This is, like, later on. But, like, that price point is a really harsh price point, $250 for a skirt. You know so, Kelly, you had the skirt. opportunity every time that I was in People's Revolution to say to me. Debbie, that you were there. <laughs> I'm saying you could have said the producers told me to make it hard. If you have any questions I or anything, know, I'm here for no, you. You I keep saying you're an amazing mentor. But you know what? I was in tears after that. And okay, one well, of the crew members, can you listen? You. Kelly, no, listen. Problem. If you didn't know you were on a TV show, it's, it's, it's Kelly, it's you. not about being on a TV show. It's about how you treat a young no, woman no, when they you know what? say what they really want to do. Really good tribe. Oh my God. Kelly, you're talking about your books and your career like enough. But Steph, is there any chance that because Kelly was tough, that it did motivate you? No, no. It I, I stopped I going to fit him. I stopped going to fit him. I gave up on my handbags. And you know what? From Abby, one of the crew members, I still have it on my fridge. She made me a card and cut out all these handbags and a little Stephanie and wrote CEO handbag designer because I was so upset. It's still on my fridge. Well, you know, I don't really know. Just say sorry. I'm not sorry because I didn't do it. All right, Kelly. Listen, I get where Kelly's coming from. That she knew it was a TV show. She's saying she was hired to do a job and, and she was doing it. And then what's interesting is, Stephanie, how old were you at the time? 22. You totally took it to heart. It's, also, you didn't really have to do that, Kelly. You could yeah, have said, I don't want to be that mean. You're the one that took it up to that notch. No, 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 no. Why do we have her on the phone? Can we hang up? No, because you need to be respectful of her, too. I have no respect for her. You can totally hang up. No, Kelly. Because going to think you're delusional. I think this is totally super interesting. You can totally hang up. You can totally hang up on me. No, I don't, I, I, I don't I want to. Less. It's not, it's not going to stress me out. I'm not going to spend the next five years upset if you hang up on me. I was hired to be on a TV show. But My you weren't given those lines. No, that all came from you. Like the What? That came from you. There was no script that you had to say those things. That was your choice. No, that's not true. Yes, okay? it is. There was no, there was script. no script. It was really inferred, and it was really clear. They said, do not make it easy on her. Look at her resume. And by the way, by the way, I'm not, I was not the camp counselor in that. I was like a gun for hire. And if you were really so devastated that people were making cutout handbags for you, somebody should have called me and said to me, just so you know. Yeah, because you're so approachable, really Kelly. Are you kidding me? You don't even know me, Stephanie. You I know enough. In my office. I you know enough. Two days. You don't know shit. You were in my office for two days, and you think that's that you not true. There? That's. I don't think I work there. I think okay, I so worked there when the show was there. Guys, guys, guys. Yeah, let's this bring is it not 
going anywhere because I do know Kelly, you're like 50 and arguing with me. Like this is insane. I came on your show and gave you these great clips. I mean, and, you should be like saying, "Thanks for coming on my Are you delusional? For free. Okay, I'm appre- I'm appreciative. Wells and I are appreciative. I only did it because of Amy Sugarman. And so. I think what's interesting is I didn't want you on this. I like Kelly a lot cuz I think she's uh, is tough and I respect it. I'm just wondering if maybe Stephanie interpreted it at the time totally differently. That's what we're yeah, Wells give and up I are on trying. your dreams. You're never gonna make it. That's what my 22 year old self. Show me the clip. Show just me the watch clip. it again. That's ex- essentially what clip. you're saying to me. Where I say to you, you're never gonna make it. That's watch the clip. You, you don't say those words. You essentially give me the message. Oh my god. Well, let me ask you this, Kelly. Would you ever? Would you ever go back? Like now that the hills are, are coming back, would you ever be a part of that world again? Or no, I don't. Be on the show. Yeah. No. I have no desire to be on the show at all. What do you do now, Kelly? Here's what's interesting. I did text one of the producers <laughs> while this was happening. And what's interesting is he responded with, I love them both so much. Because I do think, because you're both super dynamic and interesting and nutty right now, that it's why they did this. Because it was great TV then, and it's a really kind of crazy right okay. now. <laughs> It's really, really, I'm really, sweating. really clear. Like California and New York state labor law, if anybody works for you, you have to employ them. You have to give them a paycheck. Just keep repeating and yourself. What do you do now, Kelly? Where's like, people's revolution? So I'm not going to even answer this. Okay. So are we like done this? Like I'm not answering to you, Stephanie. Okay. Like Google it. Yeah. We're going to try and sort of see if we can repair this. Yeah. There's nothing for me to repair. Like my, my statement is, I was on a television show. No one on the cast ever worked for me. I'm really sad and shocked to hear that you thought you were really in a real interview. I'm sorry that nobody told you it wasn't real, and I'm glad you're doing well. That's my comment. Okay. Okay. My comment is, I know I was on a TV show, but they did not tell you to say specific things that really hurt me and stayed with me. That was your choice to treat me like that. Okay. There's something called a TV show. I was told to interview you and not make it easy. They pointed out the fact that your intention was to be a handbag designer and that you were in an interview for a PR company. Nobody should ever put that they want to be a handbag designer when they're interviewing for a PR job. So we use that as a reveal and a takeaway. And they also pointed out that you said that you were fluent in French, which you weren't, and for me to bring that up because I am. Those were the two things that were told to me, okay? Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we can probably end it here. I want to say thank you, Kelly, for, for coming on the show. I'm sure that this probably wasn't what you expected. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, 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 listen, I'm Johnny Everyman, and if I'm listening to this podcast, I can totally see both sides. And I can understand, there's like— There's you guys. There's, it was called a TV show. Stephanie Pratt, Lauren Conrad. This is just Whitney, like Kelly Catrone's like damage control 30 minutes. Never employed by People's Revolution. Stephanie Pratt has never spent more than three days ever in People's Revolution. That's a lie. So if she, okay, you know what? I have a camera that time codes everything. We can just go back and pull it up. Great. I also okay. have the DVD box set. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about a security camera, not a video camera, darling. Maybe we do. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. Well, that was stressful. I am sweating right now, guys. I am I'm, so sweaty. I'm kind of shaking a little bit. Are you okay? She just 
She triggers you. She triggers you. Yeah. We need to dig into it. I I wish this was a TV show. Like, your eyes got red, like black and red, when the second that she got on the line. Because I stopped going to fashion school. I know. I Listen, I understand. She essentially told me, one, that I couldn't be a handbag designer. Yep. That I did not deserve this internship and that I would be nothing in fashion. Yeah. I stopped going to fashion school and gave up on my dreams of designing handbags. And I had all of these books and I just gotten this software called the Handbag Library and I had been designing them on my computer. Like I'm like so what did upset you, right now. What did like you, she really, really got to me. I was only 22. Yeah. I get it. Like who does it. that? What did you want from her? Right in that moment, did you want her to say, "Listen, I'm so sorry. Like, I I thought that everyone was in on on this." You know, all I was really looking for from Kelly is just be like, you know what? It was a show. I was trying to make the producers happy, and I didn't know that the words I chose to say were hurtful. And I'm sorry for that. I mean, it was, it's literally that simple. It'd be like if someone came in here and said some really mean things that hurt your feelings, but they were like, "It's a show." Yeah, it's a show, but hurtful comments are still really hurtful and you don't have to like that's your choice to say those the producers could have told kelly okay make it hard for her tell her that work hours are 14 hours that you can only dress in black that there's no lunch break i mean she could have had a million ways to make it hard for me not to say give up on your dreams i'm i'm just saying no one no one on reality tv has to say what the producers want their vision to have. I still hold her responsible because there was no script and those were her words. And for her to also say that I was only in People's Revolution three days, I'm sorry, it was months that we were there filming. I think this is really interesting. It's it's that blurred thing. Because even on The Bachelor, you could speak to this. You know you're on a show, yeah. but the feelings are real. Yeah. So this is this woman she respects. So even though it's a TV show, she still said something to Stephanie that hurt her. But also, as a person on a TV show, I don't know why she would want to come off like that. She could have been difficult in the interview in many different ways. There was no script. Those were all things that she honestly, truthfully felt and relayed to me. So, I mean, that's who she is. That's who she is. Well, listen, people can be inspired by a lot of different, like, avenues, you know. I think that the way that she uh, mentors or even, to use the word, inspires is by through fear, which is not something that has ever worked with, with me. But I know it works for some people. I mean, she was talking about pe- no, people No, everyone in the office hated her. Hated her. Yeah. All of her real employees. I know her, and she is tough. Her daughter's lovely. But I like her. Yeah. I mean, I, th- this is how I perceive the whole thing. She was terrifying, but she's kind of like that that boss bitch that uh, like gets shit done. And so, I, so I understand. I, I understand what she was, where she was coming from. I don't think she ever had any feel like you have. You were like nothing but feelings, and you went on the show, and you expose yourself in that in that way. I think for her, it was. Okay, you are the the bad, angry uh, PR lady. Go do that. And I so I don't think she has any uh, remorse because she was like, I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. That's right. I, I, that, that's how I am yeah. perceiving it. And 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 she's like, 
But I, that's so cold. I, like, it's been 10 years. Like, that's how you're going to speak to me now? That's... I, it just really shows her character. Yeah, I just wish that she had been like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I thought yeah, I thought, a, I thought that everyone kind of knew about this. And but instead, she just spent the entire phone call defending herself, saying the same things over and over again, and then promoting what she's doing now, how great she is as a mentor and where her former assistants are in her books. Like, this isn't Kelly's hour. Like, we called you to, like, talk about something that was very real that changed my path and that I still think about and that I'm still angry about. After talking to her, do you, how do you feel now about her? Do you feel even even more I feel angry? like she hasn't changed. I feel like if she is working right now and she has interns and employees, I feel like she's telling them that they're shit at their job. Like, that's who she is. She's not rooting for girls. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Not girls specifically. She's just not saying, this is going to be good. You can do this. That's great. What do you, like, I'm sorry. If I had an employee or an intern and they told me that they wanted to be a zookeeper, like, I would automatically be all about it. I'd want to encourage that person. I want to see them grow. I want to see them reach their dreams. I wouldn't say, you know. Is there any chance, because of how she was, it fired you up to accomplish what you've accomplished? No. I always wanted to be a designer, and I moved to London because of people like her. I didn't like L.A. I still have a problem with L.A. you did accomplish your dream. Yeah, you are, you are a designer. Yes. But so, it, it, so you're in saying no way, in spite of yeah, her. Yeah, in spite of her, you still did it. I did it on my own, though. It wasn't like, oh, because she told me I can't, I'm going to do this for Kelly. Yeah. It was, I didn't even think about her until I came back to L.A. and everyone's asking me about my clothing line and Kelly Catrone, like, what would you say to her now? You know, like, she's never a thought. Like, once I moved to London, she was gone. I wonder if subconsciously somewhere deep inside it did it did light a fire under your ass though. But also like if she keeps saying that she's like a mentor mentor and this incredible role model when my clothing line like was all over the news when I first got it write me an email say like so happy for you. Yeah. It's not the handbags lol but happy for you. All right, let's take a quick break right right now because I think everyone needs to I need go, a deep breath. Like smoke a cigarette or something. I don't uh, know what. We need a scotch and a cigar. Oh I need to call my therapist. Yeah, we're going to go get massages. Uh, we'll be right back. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day. 
with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we good? Yeah? All right. Here's here's the thing that that I'm going to take away from all this. In my in my career there have been people who have who've helped me in different ways. There are people who have made me angry and hurt my feelings and I want to be successful in spite of them, and then there are people that um that are positive and and lift me up. And to be honest with you, I don't know if to be honest with you, I, I, I got to think that the people that pissed me off the most were the ones that like really made me, there, there were so many people that were like, don't be in radio. It's dying. This is the dumbest idea in the world. You're not very good at it. You don't have a very good voice. And I says to my, and you're never going to make any money, which is still very true. Um, and I remember thinking, F you, I'm going to go do that. I want to, this is what I want to do. I've done this since I was 16 years old. It's important to me. And there's no one that I can call up right now and just yell at them like what just happened with you. But I do think there is a little bit of like the fire inside of you that was created from her, whether you want to admit it or not. Like, I think that you were able to do these amazing things as a woman because there was another woman that said you couldn't. That's my thought on it. You know, people definitely in situations, they work from being, you know, in a positive place and being encouraged. And then some people excel if they're told like what you were just saying that helped you. I want to be around positive people. I don't want any negativity in my life. I don't want a negative, you know, superior adult 
around me saying those things. Like I'm all for positivity. And that like that's really all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed that you were able to keep your composure and like still maybe go out and been like, I'm sorry, I just can't yeah. do it anymore. Cause the more she kept on saying, it's a TV show, are you delusional? It was pissing right, me off even rough. more. Because yeah, for me, different. every time I'm on I'm on reality TV, I am true to myself, honest, and it's real for me. Is it, what's yeah, sure, they add music to it, but, like, that's real for me. What's amazing about that whole thing is we started off the podcast with you talking about your, you and your brother and your family's relationship and how, like, the, the problem that the Pratts have is that you guys are too real. And then, and then segue into that where you're like, this is real for me. It's not a TV show, yeah. Kelly, which is insane. You know, I've been doing reality TV since I was 22. I was doing it in London. I haven't stopped. And... Everything is real for me. Yeah. Everything. I'm not fake. I put everything out there and how people treat me. I don't know if they're being fake or producers are telling them to say that, but they have a choice to do that or to be themselves. So I will forever be true to myself and, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve. And if I get emotional, which I have over things with my brother in the series, like, that's me. Like, I didn't sign up to be on reality TV to lie and to look pretty. I didn't. I want to, you know, I want to connect with the viewers. Well, I'm excited for this next season. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Well, I am uh, still sweating. <laughs> so I think we should end the podcast right now. Yeah. And go get a drink. Okay. You want to? Yes, please. All right. Uh, Hills, yeah. <laughs> Show's over. There we go. Follow Prattcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.